Threats to the U.S. healthcare system include skyrocketing costs, lack of resident interest in primary care, and millions of people who are uninsured. Is there some connection between these factors, and could examining them lead to some solutions? Welcome to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This is the Clinician's Roundtable, and I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman. With me today is Dr. Steve Kravitz. Assistant Professor of Medicine, Deputy Director for Clinical Activity in the Department of Medicine at the Johns Hopkins Bayview Medical Center of the Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lee, for the opportunity. I read your beautiful article in the American Journal of Medicine this February about healthcare utilization and its relationship to the proportion of primary care providers. Could you give us a thumbnail of what you looked at and what that showed? Sure. We examined a database called the Area Resource File, and we looked at the number of hospital admissions, emergency department visits, outpatient visits, and total surgeries as a factor of the proportion in every county in the United States of primary care physicians to total physicians. And we found that as the proportions of primary care physicians increased across the United States, across the decade of the 1990s, that utilization decreased very dramatically for total hospital admissions, for emergency department visits, and for total surgeries. And the outpatient visits trended towards the negative, but were not statistically significant. That last point is very interesting to me. Despite more primary care physicians, there was a slight trend toward fewer visits if there were more. Well, you mean in the outpatient setting? Yes. Yeah. So I think what you see is that primary care physicians see patients in the outpatient setting, but that those visits are put to good use. So we can't say whether there were more or less because the data weren't significant, but we weren't surprised to see that they weren't decreased with higher proportions of primary care doctors because that's what they do. And so again, hospital admissions, ER visits, and surgeries all went down as there were more primary care physicians. And how about outpatient testing? Was that ever uh, thought of as something that could be looked at? Is, is that a significant component to overall healthcare utilization? Oh, that's a good question. We didn't have access to the kind of data that would look at, say, costs of uh, radiology or laboratory testing. But hospital expenditures are a very, very significant proportion of total healthcare expenditures if you look across the United States. And you certainly can extend to say that a significant proportion of hospital costs are associated with those types of tests. What kind of numbers were we seeing here in the United States when you looked at these counties in terms of number of primary care doctors versus non-primary care? Yeah, I think the average across the United States was about 34 or 35 percent primary care physicians. But there was, a, there was a range. One or two metropolitan statistical areas were up close to 50 percent, and then some were down as far as the low 20s. And how does that compare to other countries that have modern health care systems? Are we right in there or are we not where we should be with primary care docs? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're nowhere near what you would consider to be like countries. If you look at data from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, there have been multiple uh, papers that have been published looking at this, and, and the United States with an average of, say, 34%. If you look at European countries that have, by the way, much better health care outcomes, if you look at infant mortality and you look at uh, overall mortality and other similar health care outcomes, those countries have between 50 and some as high as 70% with very few exceptions. We're opposite almost every other developed country from a perspective of primary care use. And as you say, there does seem to be some data suggesting that the outcomes are not all that different and, and perhaps even improved, although that's not what your study looked at, obviously. No, we didn't look at health care outcomes compared to other countries. But you know, if, wherever you see the United States in published data with national health care outcomes, we're always towards the bottom, which is really hard to believe. And there are some studies, I believe, that you refer to in, in your study that suggest that outcomes, primary care versus specialist care, 
really are often not that different. That's true, but there are dozens and dozens of studies that look at these things, and as a primary care physician looking at them, I'll tend to gravitate towards those that support that primary care outcomes are equal. There are some studies, certainly, that show for certain diseases, for example, chronic lung disease, that outcomes when pulmonologists were treating those diseases might be better than outcomes from primary care doctors. But on the average, you certainly can't conclude that specialty care is better than primary care. And most people, when the studies have looked at outcomes compared to costs, primary care seems to come out on top. And at least theoretically, you would think if outcomes were not as good, that could lead to more costs and as patients continue to, to need additional care. Well, what kind of numbers are we talking about in terms of savings to our system if we could indeed bump up the number of primary care doctors who are practicing? The study looked at outcomes uh, based upon a 1,000 patients at a time. And if you look at the numbers in the study, it's hard to try to get an impact on that. So, for example, for every 1% increase in primary care providers, there were 0.65 less admissions per 1,000 people. But if you were to look at the average size of a metropolitan statistical area, which is probably about 775,000, at least over the decade of the 90s, you could translate this data to suggest the savings of, believe it or not, over $8 billion across the United States by increasing the proportion of primary care providers really just modestly from 35 to 40%. And that's just in hospital admissions. If you want to throw in ED visits, the number gets up well over $10 billion a year that potentially we could channel back into the system if we could just adjust our proportions of primary care doctors versus specialists. Those, to me, are astounding, very significant numbers, very, very impressive. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This is Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and I'm speaking with Dr. Steve Kravitz from Johns Hopkins about the relationship between healthcare utilization and primary care physicians. So with those kind of numbers, how are we doing? Are we moving in that direction? Well, I wish I could say that we were, but over the past decade, the data just absolutely shows the opposite. Less and less medical school graduates are choosing careers in primary care medicine, and as our physician workforce ages, the attrition of primary care doctors is even greater than, than our feeder pool. It's pretty scary if you think about the fact that the patient population in the United States is aging rapidly over the next couple of decades, and physicians are included. If we continue where we are right now, we'll be down probably close to 30% or even below primary care providers. Are you aware of initiatives that have been looked at as a way to try to address this lack of interest of residents in going into primary care specialties? Maybe about 15 years ago, there were some initiatives that the federal government put in place to try to stimulate interest in primary care. And in some ways, it's kind of cyclical. There are physician workforce study analyses, and, and they occur periodically. And around 15 years ago, there was a suggestion that we were lower in primary care than what was decided was appropriate for our country. And there were incentives put in place to begin to train primary care physicians, but it was really short-lived. And that money has essentially evaporated. I certainly have seen that in my program and in programs, comparable programs across the United States, that the federal funding for primary care training tracks just isn't there. So the, the funding is not there for training, and I don't know the details of this, but some of the boards that help to advise Medicare and, and make policy for reimbursement, the specialty organizations do have a big representation there, don't they? Uh, they have more than the big representations, close to uh, monopolizing. The group that sets the RVU values for Medicare expenditures is almost entirely specialty-based. Are groups like the American College of Physicians starting to raise public awareness and make some inroads in, into those bodies? Well, I think that not only the American College of Physicians, but the American Academy of Family 
practitioners and Society for General Internal Medicine is trying to generate political activity amongst its members. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'll be helping represent the American College of Physicians on Capitol Hill, speaking with some of the representatives about healthcare policy. So we're trying, but you know there are some pretty powerful lobbyist groups that stand to lose when we try to become more rational about our healthcare use. And are there things on a more individual basis that primary care doctors or others who are concerned about this might be able to do locally to affect some change? Well, I think that's a good question. I've thought about this <laughs> quite a bit, and it's hard to affect change on a political level. And I think where we tend to have the most impact is when we engage people who are paying. So people pay. And if citizens of this country knew how much was at stake and how much money could be saved if we could try to make some adjustments and provide care in a rational way, I, I think that they would be interested in hearing that. So you know, I think primary care physicians should try to find ways to share this information. Uh, the other thing is I wonder whether our approach shouldn't be to approach big business, just like the LeapFrog group did for patient safety. Mm-hmm. And you know, why not engage big business? Certainly some of the big companies in this country would listen very closely if they thought that they can reduce their healthcare expenditures by helping to shape policy. Absolutely. That that sounds like a very interesting idea, knowing how much of a company's budget now needs to go to health insurance. And I, I would think that they would be greatly motivated to try to get the word out and make some changes. I certainly know that there are executive physical programs and other programs from business that do try to emphasize preventive care and a relationship with the primary care doctor. That, to me, sounds very interesting. Are you looking at any other studies or analyses in the future to build on what you published in February? Yeah, I think that we would like to revisit the analysis. And remember, this analysis was over the decade of the 90s. We'd like to review the analysis later into our current decade and just confirm that the relationship still exists, which we're absolutely sure that it will. I think we'd like to try to identify the more precise equalization point. So, for example, in our analysis, we looked at proportions as they increased, but what's the right proportion of primary care physicians? Can we try to identify that? And I think we can from this database. And if we can do that, if we can find a more precise proportion of primary care physicians where we get our biggest bang for our buck, then we could begin to focus on some of those areas of the country where we have lower primary care physicians. So it might not be fair to say we should increase them and put them everywhere because if we already have an appropriate proportion of primary care doctors somewhere, we might be able to more precisely say where we could reallocate those resources. And another analysis that I find pretty interesting from an economic perspective is the concept of insurance where insurance companies calculate their premium based upon a known risk. And we know, based upon a study like this, that we're talking about tens of billions of dollars across the United States. So what's the appropriate premium that this country could put back in to try to calculate how much they can save in primary care? I think that economic analysis could be done with the right formulas and give this country a more precise direction as to how to address this problem. That's very interesting. And previous point about trying to find the the right balance, would that involve looking at other systems across the world? Or is that something that would come out of the area resource database that you have already used? Well, I think we're familiar with the area resource file database. And I think we would try to get an estimation in this country. But it's a good question. I think it would be interesting to see how that compares in in other countries of the world. I think we mentioned earlier that the United States is almost opposite all of the other industrialized countries with 35% primary care versus others that have 50 or 65% primary care. And the way they implement those primary care providers is, is also much different than we do in this country. For example, the use of primary care trusts in the United Kingdom, where the National Health Service entrusts 
billions of pounds of resources in a primary care trust and says to those primary care trusts, you're responsible for the health care of your community. And if you could manage those resources effectively, there's more money in it for you. And they really do it. You know, we talk about pay for performance, but I visited a primary care trust in Nottingham in the United Kingdom in a primary care doctor's office, and he showed me the data that they collect and they report to the National Health Service, and he increased his income by 20%, which you know I thought was remarkable by being able to report positive outcomes in his patient population. So the primary care trusts are serious, and they're looking to stimulate competition in the, in the United Kingdom because they want to be able to achieve good health care outcomes. And I think we can do that here. We should absolutely be able to do that here. Very interesting. Well, I want to thank Dr. Steve Kravitz from Johns Hopkins, who has been our guest as we've been discussing the relationship between healthcare utilization and the proportion of primary care providers. This has been the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and thank you for listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals.